Wouldn't it be great if three idiots picked apart each episode of your favorite podcast? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if we discussed the newest episode, ongoing theories, and predictions for what comes next? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if they didn't ruin the podcast at all and kept everything spoiler-free? We don't do that. You've been warned. Welcome to We Do That, a Taz fancast. I'm your co-host, Chris. And I'm your podcast gremlin, Jake. And I'm your other co-host, Colin. This week's episode, Amnesty, episode 25. Nice, nice. That was a clutch pull. Woo! Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, So you guys want a synopsis? Yeah. How, I need it. How, I need that short form narrative. How how good of a synopsis should I shoot for? Wait, wait, are we talking like it, love it, gotta have it? I don't I don't know what that is. It's our, spo- our sponsor this week is Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> I was hoping for like a scale between one and ten. No, those scales are garbage. Okay. Hey, don't cool. say that. That's no how they ask me to manage my No more than wait. seven. No more than seven points? Yeah. It's, scale? It makes it, it, it the distinctions between them become much more subjective and much less interpretable. Um, welcome so then, to, how come when you're in the hospital, they ask you to rate your pain on a one to ten scale because they didn't have a measurement person design that scale? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. shit, son, mm-hmm. we just got PhD. Yeah, <laughs> this has been mm-hmm. Jake's PhD corner. So can't do shit with it. Got hey, hey listeners, do you all know that Jake has a PhD? Like we do this bullshit every two weeks, and he's a fucking doctor. <laughs> he's the smart one. <laughs> ooh, ooh. That's a really uncomfortable phrasing for that because hey, believe it or not, Jake's the smart one of this group. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the he smart the last one of this 10 group, minutes. and Chris threatened to get me podcasting mitts. Like five minutes ago. <laughs> you just spent the last ten minutes ripping the top of your desk off because you knew we hated the sound of it. Yeah, I did do that. It's like you have like a reverse ASMR something. Sounds that make people feel bad, make you happy. Shut <laughs> the like Shut, yeah. Hey, Colin, will you summarize the episode for us? Yeah, all right. Um, they do... Some shit. Uh, <laughs> so we open and somehow everybody's in a big room and they talk about the case. And then our three heroes split up. Uh, Ned steals some shit. Duck goes to Leo. And Aubrey goes over to Sylvain. And I figure we can jump into each of those into more detail as we progress through our discussion on the episode. So you know can the I start- problem that I had with that synopsis column was that it made it you made it sound like things happened this episode. So we're on this we're on this one again, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like we might need to build the roulette wheel of things we're going to complain about this week, and a lot of those wedges are going to be nothing happened this episode. I mean, 
I agree that nothing happened, but that's not my primary gripe with it. I have lots of other gripes. I want to start um, with the with the sort of conceit at the start of the episode that they just kind of jumped forward in time. Yes. And I... Hate it? Do you hate it? I kind of hate it. Um, there is so much happening and so many... Like the, I feel like we're at the point in the story where every small choice the player characters are making really matters and they're really having to deal with a lot more stuff as their many worlds intertwine between the normal people of Kepler and then the banker gang and Sylvain and just dealing with even the internal politics of the Pine Guard that we can't I don't think it's fair to them in the way that they have created this world to say like a couple of regular days go by because I don't think there is a regular day. Well, and, and I don't know how far f- how far they jumped forward, but I don't even I, buy that you could get that group of people around the table. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. Aubrey was locked up. Somehow she got free, but Detective Megan and Sheriff whatever. Uh, are just okay, cool. Oh yeah, there's Ghost Dewey. That's cool. Well, and known criminals are hanging out at the table too. Just fine. Yeah, it's just cool. Fine. It's cool. Don't worry about it. It's cool. And also, like the fact that they're then setting up that that at some point in the past they have already explained away Ghost Dewey, and we don't get to have that interaction. I want to hear Justin McElroy explain to the world about their ghost friend. Yeah, it, it, well, and, and I know it'd probably be Travis's job, but like I want Justin to do well, it. Well, I was gonna say yeah, Aubrey I has to break see it. Duck trying to lie his way through it. Yeah, yeah, oh my this God, is my friend from right He's just, he's just, he's just, he's just, he's just, he's just very thin. So he's, he's just, he's just. Yeah. <laughs> he's Scandinavian, and and it's been very dark there, so there's no sun, and so since there's no sun, his skin's very pale, and that's. He also uh, only wears police uniforms that he found because he likes them. Something. And he's definitely not dead because, like, if he was dead, fuck. If he was dead, uh, he's not dead. Why are you asking who's, me if he's who's dead? Who said dead? Why did you say yeah, dead? Why did you say dead? dead? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, did you guys see the movie Planet Terror by Robert Rodriguez? Nope. I think that's who did it. But at one point, you're going through this movie, and there's a point where there's all this interpersonal tension and conflict. And then they do a bit where it's just like, oh, missing real. And then the next real comes in and all the interpersonal conflict is solved. And like, I feel that's what happened here. Like, yeah, except in a fun joke way. No, yeah, it's like obviously it was just a fun filmmaking thing that, oh, like we didn't skip any of the part where they get to kill zombies and shit. We just skipped the boring interpersonal stuff. But like, this is like, that's a huge part of the show that they just completely skipped I thought it was I thought it was bizarre I and from the very beginning of the episode I, it just felt wrong to me right yeah it's a it's a rough way to start because it just sets up like it doesn't set me up to be super excited and invested in what's about to happen because I feel like I've already been had things taken from me yeah or hidden from me like they got there dishonestly yeah, like no. how, how how did you get the sheriff to buy in? Like, okay, he's chased a Bigfoot, but now he's cool with Aubrey escaping jail. He's cool with Ghost 
Dewey. He's cool with the Hornets being a major part of this. He's cool with Mama being there, whom he previously didn't know at all. Like what? Right. It sets up a whole like a whole lot of yeah. It just there's so many things that would have been interesting to see resolved. Even if they resolve poorly, like even if they handle this badly, I would have liked to see it be played out. Well, and that's the thing is like I think he would have handled it badly. And so one of the things I was thinking of, uh, another comparison, um, I'm a big fan of the show uh, The Wire. And like just when you think it's that show is about to go to normal, like police procedural, um, like it's just everything's going to work out and it's going to be fine. It doesn't because that's not how the real world works. Spoilers. Like things don't just go perfectly sunny and everybody gets on the same page and hunky dory, whatever. Like, I don't know how the sheriff ever got comfortable with it. I don't know how they ever got the hornets in the room to talk about this stuff. It's bizarre to me, and I, I, I think it does a big disservice to like the world building because suddenly the sheriff is just on board. Yeah, and for someone who has not been an antagonist, but not like it was so, I think like you're saying, it was so abrupt because we've had however many episodes now of character development of the sheriff as someone who isn't, it doesn't sort of play that line, is very sort of rigid and moves forward. And, you know, when, when he had that moment with Ned and, Ned could have told him, but didn't, like, that informed a lot of their interactions moving forward, and now it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I totally agree that I I disliked this episode from the very first part. Um, and especially being the first one back after sort of the Max Fun Drive live show break. Um, and, like, to Taz, it's... Uh, it's interesting that they would come in and start glossing over stuff. Yeah. I think they would want to put a little more time in to sort of get everybody up to speed, ideally launching into sort of the next sort of the next run of, of episodes that'll yeah. take the story to the end of this hunt. Well, um, and, and I think it's funny because I think they did that to skip over Jake's first complaint because in those episodes, nothing would have happened right to like further the story. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have been doing research. They wouldn't have been formulating a plan. They would have been just trying to resolve their various fuck ups throughout the past, you know, however many months. Yeah, and I think you know, I'm sure we would have levied other criticisms at those episodes if that had been its composition. But I do think it does a disservice. It's a disservice to the story to not let them play out. Like, how do you get all these people to the table? Um, but you're probably right, Colin, and maybe it is maybe it is wiser if they're looking at the calendar and sort of going, we need to get this hunt wrapped up that um, yeah. they did really move forwards. And after Tataz, I don't know if Griffin is anxious to get this thing over with. Because he's like, I foresee Amnesty ending in 2019, uh, which makes me think that, you know, he's already got the end game in sight. and. Mm -hmm. Is trying to push it there. And yeah, it certainly seems like... It, yeah, sorry, Jake. No, no. I, I mean, I was just going to say that that's definitely how this whole episode felt to me, was we know that this hunt plays into the big conflict, and now it feels like 
now that the big conflict is on the table, that's all that matters is getting there. Yeah. And it also, I think from Tataz a little bit, I don't know, maybe I felt like Griffin was sort of checking out or not checking out, but like definitely moving on to the next thing. Um, I feel like there's that point in a lot of creative projects where you've done the cool bits and they're, there comes to a point where the, like all that's left is execution. And so your brain moves on to the next thing. Um, and that is exciting and fun and different. And like all the things I would have done differently on this one, I can now go back and get right or stuff. I would change, but it means that you're sort of fast forwarding through the tail end. What should be the big culmination of this, of this thing, um, which makes me think that maybe they have already figured out what season three is going to be. You know, they talked about not really going back to the experimental ones, but um, when balance was wrapping up, it, they felt much more invested, I think, because they were, I think they wanted it to be over, but they also didn't know what they were doing. So they didn't have any, um, excitement about, you know, mm-hmm. they're excited about the mini arcs, but not invested in the same way. And it seems like on this one, they've got a plan for the next thing, whether it's, you know, the end of this hunt and sort of the, the, in the beginning of the end game of this, um, of amnesty, or if they're going to do another or if it's wrapping up Amnesty entirely. But it does seem like they're it's like Griffin is just ready to be there. Yeah. And not be DMing. Yeah, maybe and that could be fair too. I mean, you know, we spend a lot of time criticizing the choices he makes in the yeah. medium we listen to. So I would I would want to get away from that if I was him. Yeah, and I mean it is the I think it's probably the toughest position to oh, to do. Sure. Like it's 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 easier to escape critique when all you're doing is making choices based on, you know, a proposition the DM has put in front yeah, of someone you. Someone else gives you. Yeah. Versus right. But somebody, Griffin's world is infinite. Yeah, exactly. Which I acknowledge. I won't stop, you know, critiquing, but I will acknowledge. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't. Uh, going back to that first scene where they're all around the table, I don't understand what their plan is, what they thought their plan was. They don't actually come up with a plan. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really take away a good a good end game from this. Jake, whatever you're doing, you gotta stop. <laughs> that, was so that one was really an accident. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what. I don't know what's going to happen in the next couple episodes. And I feel like I should have based on how much time they spent presumably plotting this time. Yeah. The thing is they don't know anything about this. I mean, except that it lives in a hotel and it's a shape changer. Yeah. Like uh, apparently also there's a resort row on. What the fuck is this? They've mentioned that. I was I was really looking forward to the, them coming up with different hotel names, just like uh, the water park hotel names. Too low, that was fun. Yeah, yeah, just <laughs> like apparently yeah. Kepler has like thirty-seven uh, water parks. I was really looking forward to them just uh, spitballing hotel names back and forth. Oh, that would have been really good. Ah, oh, now I'm sad we didn't get that either. Yeah, I, th- I was. When they mentioned, I was like, "Oh, come on, come on, get there, get there, keep yes ending." (laughs) Um, should we go on to some of the individual scenes, like where they split up the the party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one one final thing that I want to touch on. Yeah, you know, I know we discussed a bit a little bit, and 
we actually threw it out to we threw out a poll to our listeners and Travis came back and talked about like Griffin's decision to still let Dewey die. Yeah. Oh Even yeah, yeah. After Travis used his luck point right. to build a complete success, which should have meant a you know he's alive. And then they they sort of danced about between like oh well I guess I saved some of his life and I still just don't think like and I, th- I think again it was a weird place to start this episode you know I'm really yeah. glad that Travis called Griffin out on it uh, agreed although um, I, I did but, like that he capitulated immediately well but fair I like um, to argue so but I think I think it was a weird it still leaves this sort of weird tone for where these episodes are going, where it's like, what does matter? What is controllable or not controllable? Um, yeah. And it's interesting, too, because they spent a lot of time in the Tatez talking about how they thought this was much more player-driven decision-making than balance was. And I think... I feel like um, what we are thinking of as player-driven, what they are thinking of as player-driven, I'm realizing maybe very different things. Because I think they are experiencing a possibly more player-driven story, or at least the set pieces of the story. You know, Griffin has a set piece, and they're going to play out. They get to decide how the scene plays out and what they're doing there, whereas um, what I think of as player-driven is that they are finding their own solutions to th- the problem. Um, and then that there's, I think there's a very fine line between those two things as I'm describing them, but it's, it's sort of like all the fun and luck of them doing D and D turns into, uh, interesting, more interesting outcomes, I think, than, the way amnesty has seemed to be played out where they might have a lot of freedom in sort of how they get from a to B, but a and B were maybe more prescribed. So I'm realizing I'm, I'm not capturing properly what I'm trying to. to say. No, I, I think I understand what you, what you're saying. And that idea that, and, and I think, I think it gets back to the amount of, options that are that the players had right like there are so many different ways to engage with a situation in a D type you know you have all your skill checks and a good or a bad skill check can move things along in many different ways um but in this system there are much fewer and we still don't have a clear or consistent way of handling these things from Griffin. You know, what is a, what is a hard move? What is a complete right. success? All of these things, they, in a, in a, in a perhaps more narrative story, they could mean more, but since we don't, see those connections or those interactions as frequently they don't it doesn't feel like our players have the agency to actually make a change and i think maybe that's the trick with why we've 
why we think Griffin misunderstands hard moves is if he's looking at this a much larger picture of what's happening than what we understand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the, if all the choices he is making matter a lot for the story he has in his head, but it's not translating to us that that you know maybe they are hard moves in that regard. But mm-hmm. I think also that means sort of as a storyteller, sort of he's misunderstanding what the reader or, or what the listener is, is experiencing. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and. and- and sort of to that end, like, I feel like the story shouldn't be written already. Right? Like, and Griffin says it's not. Like, he says they don't, he doesn't know how it's going to end. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I think he has a, I feel like he probably has a, like, a large idea, but isn't sure how it will be fleshed out. Um, and some of the things he said into Taz, like, about the Hornets getting involved and they weren't supposed to. Uh, or he didn't had he hadn't planned on them being involved, and he hadn't planned on Minerva being hit with an asteroid. Like I thought that was pretty interesting that you know some of these things did have longer term impacts than I I initially realized. Um, but it does strike me, you know, regardless of how even moving away from how he takes hard moves, like a complete success is in my mind, you do what you set out to do. And so even just going back to this one point of Travis using a luck to make sure he succeeds in saving somebody's life, I would be super salty about it if I was tra- – I mean, I'm super salty on his behalf. Like yeah. You, you can't – he used the luck to have a complete success, and you can't say, oh, no, he's still alive. He's just a ghost now. That's that's not what ghosts are. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't tell Augustus Parsons that, but – yeah, but even he wouldn't. Even he knows he's dead. Yeah, there were different Just, rules in that world. Right. Yeah. I think Travis should get a luck back. <laughs> Start a hashtag trending on Twitter. Give Travis his luck back. <laughs> it's gonna have to be shorter than that, right? <laughs> uh, nope. Oh, I'm we got go- two hundred forty characters now. It's all good. Oh, that's true. I'm going to Twitter right now. Uh, we're actually in the middle of recording a podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, Jake. Jake hasn't been focusing on this for a while anyway. He's got he's got desk <laughs> plans to make. <laughs> he's got um, rude. So we've we've gotten other. Um, we should dive into the individual tracks a, a little bit. I mean, I I I feel like the argument we've been having so far is is the argument for sort of the entire episode. Um, yeah. It just sort of copy and paste some names, and it's the same discussion. But uh, are there particular points you guys you guys want to hit on? Um, I think I would start uh, just with a duck scene. Yeah. Um, and with Leo, was it Tarkesian? Tar. Yeah, Leo Tarkesian. Uh, like what the hell is he thinking? Just let's just go up to the Green Bank Telescope now and let's get it over with. Let me just die. It's cool. Let's just... What? (laughs) How about we both know how you're going to... What the vision says is going to happen. Why don't we take steps to avoid that? It does seem to be against the purpose of a premonition to then not really act upon it in any sort of meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah, and and then when Leo says, when Leo goes, you would do that for me? You would drive up to the telescope by yourself? Like, that doesn't seem like a big ask. 
happened. <laughs> yeah. You would not take me to the place where you know I'm going to die? You would you would do that for me? Right. You would stay here? Really? That's God. bold. Wow. That's so bold. It's like, okay, so Leo's a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has lost his powers. Maybe his were slightly more tied to intelligence than <laughs> Just saying, I don't, it's just dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. That's all I have to say about Duck's portion. Otherwise, I thought it was silly. Well, and then there was that, you know, our brief foray into the Justin McElroy appreciation corner where Duck's describing his, like, writing in this Google Doc and then talking about all the different voices that he's going to make the computer read the document back in. (laughs) (laughs) But also, wait... Why haven't they just transferred, like, handwritten the shit on the old laptop onto, like, Google Docs? Because the old laptop's missing, duh, Jake. Yes, but before now. It was, it's been missing, we just didn't know. It's like Schrodinger's laptop. Yes, but before then. It's always been like that. Yes, but what about before that? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Chris, were you going to take us to Aubrey's? I w- was thinking about it. Yeah, I mean, Jake, you make a great point. I don't know. They're all real dumb. But um, yeah, this <laughs> Kepler's full can- of a bunch of dummies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Aubrey finally goes back to Sylvain and just, I don't understand. And I mean, <laughs> I appreciated that Travis had the same reaction that I did. It was like, so I came here for what? Right. This was super useful for me. Not. Yeah. And I'm just I'm I am really struggling to find the what role they want me to think Sylvain plays in this whole thing. Cause I I feel like it, we were set up for it to be very connected. And now it's just kind of a place where information trickles out of sometimes poorly maybe well and don't forget that the president of sylvain little girl can speak and aubrey can hear her thoughts and she hates humans and wants to start a war remember how that got established in one episode many moons ago and then it has never gotten touched again well they did they did touch on that again didn't they touch on that again in this episode am i Uh, getting confused they didn't. They touched on maybe that the the abomination wants to start a war, but they did not touch on right uh, that the interpreter may have Wait. similar mm, good pull. machinations. So, but I, you know, maybe there's a chance that that's that that is that coming back around again. Um, I mean, you know, wild theory time. The interpreters behind the bomb bombs. Did you? Did you guys? <sighs> I'm down on that theory. That's a great theory. Own it. TM, 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 TM. T- did you guys play uh, like the Lucas Arts game, like uh, Monkey Island? Yeah. Um, yeah. When you were growing up, you know, when you get to a point in those like click point and click games where like you can't figure out what you're supposed to do next. So you start trying to go different places and click different things and try and combine items that shouldn't be combined. And eat every item that's available to you. Yeah. Just you're trying everything to figure out how to solve you know, some 
not even obvious puzzle that's in front of you. Yep. Like, I feel like that's where they are. Like, well, we don't know what to do with this monster. What if we all just go to the different areas we know and, and see if something happens there? Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to push some buttons and maybe something will happen. Yeah. It's like mist. If I pull the lever and so vain, <laughs> does then the, what happens? Does the light on top of one of the abandoned resorts turn on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just right. like, I don't. Hey, do you know of any, like, light beings that can shapeshift? No? Okay, cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for giving back Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Stupid. Um, Stupid. And so we can wrap We can wrap up. I mean, I think that... I think that stupid sound sums up sort of that trip to Sylvain of, of why it's dumb. Um, Ned pulls a heist. Sort of. Yeah. Falls ass backwards into a heist. I, you know, I'm going to sort of bet that he may have made a reputation out of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I'm sorry. He noticed the loose floorboards. And decides to take him up, crack into the safe. I get it. Who hasn't been there? But do you think maybe you close the door first? It does seem like yeah. poor sleuthing to leave yourself exposed to just sort of pass her by. Yeah, just maybe shut the door, maybe put something in front of it, lock it, you know. Oh, I'm looking for the laptop. Do you think it's in the safe below this sculpture? Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, uh, And, you know, like, there was a part of me that, like, would have been open to him explaining that away in a better idea. Like, because they haven't put it on Google Docs yet, it is very important. So, like, yeah, yeah, I could see a, a reality where Mama does put the laptop in the safe to keep it protected. But that was not the story that Ned tried to tell. Nope. Also, wouldn't you store the laptop in the hideout? Yeah, I don't know why you'd have that in the office. Like, they have a hideout, and I just don't... They have Google Docs! (laughs) Well, yeah, but you don't want Google reading about your monsters. Right, yeah, that Google AI might get some ideas. Fair, 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 fair. Even though they put the current one in Google Docs. Although, is there Wi-Fi... I guess he said he was hardwired. Yeah, he said there were Ethernet ports. Right, there can't be Wi-Fi because there's no cell phones? This is a weird, like, quasi-modern... We shouldn't dig too far into this road, I think. (laughs) Oh, Um, I think we should have said that before many other roads that we've dig. Are there there monsters? (laughs) Full stop. (laughs) Hey, welcome to We Do That. Are there <laughs> monsters in this show? Uh, Not entirely sure. I feel uh, like it doesn't accurately reflect reality. You know what doesn't reflect reality? They done killed off Boyd Moshe already. Uh, Yeah, they finally uh, fucking killed a character. And it wasn't Pigeon. I know. I was so upset. I'm so sorry. Also, what I thought was interesting, and you guys can, you know, uh, agree or disagree. 
Uh, it was never previously established that this monster could speak like common languages. Like just because you can take somebody's exterior shape does not give you the knowledge, would not necessarily no. give you the knowledge. So there's the Morgue guy though. The Morgue guy, he impersonated the Morgue guy three episodes ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess that's fair. Now, if you want to make that critique after that episode, go to town. Yeah, I mean, you I think it, on your your critiquing. Yeah, about? I didn't bring it up then because I figured, oh, they'll never do it again. Uh, no, nope, that's not accurate. I just didn't think of it. It just it, it strikes me as like a shape changer. What I would think would be able to basically mimic visual cues. Well, right, and when. Magic Ryan and Gundren Rockseeker come up from the pit in in the very first arc of Balance. Here's Gundren Rockseeker, and then there is Magic Ryan, and he tries to sound like <laughs> no, I am I I am the dwarf. I am not the Magic Ryan. Damn it, Jake! Now you got to re-listen to Balance. <laughs> Um, I, I, I think I'll give it that that's, if you're going to have a shape shifting monster, I think it's fair that the monster could be like a full mimic and, and take I, over. Because I'm fine with that. Then you got to like mimic their vocal cords and the internal machinery that allows you to produce these sounds. I think you're thinking on too, uh, too small. I mean, maybe they're operating on some other level where they're telepathically linked to the dying brain and are just... Well, not dying something, dead. Something, 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 sciencey. You were on a very good roll there. Um, okay. Uh, other point of order or question? What? 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 The be a point of clarification, but whatever. What continue. is the monster doing? Yo, I don't know. Like now he's got a, he's got a sweet tree sculpture though. Yeah, like what? So, did Boyd originally ask for the tree sculpture, or did the monster? I, I mean, Boyd did. Well, did he? I'm gonna feel. I feel confident that Boyd did. Is is Boyd actually the monster all along? Is is, <laughs> is the monster within us? I mean, we have to become the monster in 2019. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Fair. Um, Fair point. No, I, 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 I think that Boyd did set up Ned to go steal the thing. It just, I don't understand how Boyd and the monster would both find that item to be of value, given their seemingly very disparate motivations. I can only think that the monster would uh, use its disappearance to sow discord among the Pine Guard. To, like, split the group. Right, to then weaken them for the coming war. Yeah. They kind of do that on their own anyway. But the, well, maybe, but then you just sort of go, okay, forward in time, and now you're all friends again. Right, we fixed it. We went on a rafting trip. Did yeah. a lot of team building. Super easy. Um, uh, I forgot what else I was going to say. It was going to be super pertinent and so insightful. 
Right? Just set us up for it. Just set us up with that that big thinker for the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, don't have it. Do it. Some, some, some about the monster. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's a question. Here's my big question. Mama is a sculptor, right? Apparently. Has exactly one sculpture. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But that's the only evidence of it, and she keeps it locked away. And yeah. it's worth it's worth a ton, but yep. there's nothing else in the lodge that relates to her art. Yeah. Any artistically inclined person I've ever met their whatever dwelling space or space they're existing in in that moment is just full of stuff. Oh yeah, you yeah. can 100% tell. Yeah, because they're just creating all the time. Right. They're you know if Mama was actually a sculptor, they'd be like a, a whole bunch of lumps of clay all over the place. Like no, that's a thing. That's I'm working on that. That's gonna be something. Yeah. It's not or, right now, but it will be. Or drawings of ideas. Or nope, she just has one sculpture. She I mean, keeps. maybe she has, maybe something happened in her past that made her have to go away from art. Maybe. And she, she cut off, she cut off all, all artistry. I mean, it sounds like one of those things that they added it in, they added in this detail to serve some sort of plot point that they, they never needed to do it. It's just, that is sort of a, I mean, that talk about that into Taz too, of like this world might be slightly over fleshed out. Yeah, um, and I think that is definitely maybe coming through a lot more as as we dig into this and the end of it of like here's all these things you've said. You gonna come back? Is this gonna become yeah. important at some point? No, I mean I think he even said it into Taz that a lot of stuff Griffin's is throwing at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah, which which is fine, but if it doesn't work, I think you have to resolve it out of the story. Right, you do need to sort of close that loop a little bit. Yeah. yeah, you can't just have Agent Stern hanging out for a year at some fucking Kepler Lodge. <laughs> just just yeah. chilling in West Virginia. There's no Wi-Fi, there's no internet access, but the FBI just wants me to chill here at this here lodge. And okay. just sort of kick it. Uh, I would like to wrap up the episode with this question. Amnesty is going to come to an end soon. When it ends, there's going to be a spinoff TV show starring fan favorite Agent Stern. Now, is what? this an addition to Mountain Dewey? Yeah. In addition to Mountain Dewey, who's now a ghost. Ghost Mountain Dewey. <laughs> ghost Mountain Dewey, Ghost Red. Yes. <laughs> um, so... Agent Stern is now is now the primary character, lead character in a spinoff TV show that I'm guessing starts like a couple months after he. No, it starts when he arrives in Kepler. What small towny business does he end up revitalizing to let him put down roots in Kepler? Uh, I mean, I think I honestly think he would still be an investigator. Him and his, uh, uh, he would get a um, companion, uh, Doctor Harris Bonkers, and they would go around and solve mysteries like why a whole bunch, a whole swath of the population disappeared uh, because they all went to Sylvain and fought in a war and died. Okay, I like it. Detective agency. 
Perfect. A good, a good kind of buddy cop show. Yep, with him and a, ro- a rabbit. A rabbit. See, I feel like it's got to be something a little more connected to the people. I feel like he would open just a tiny little burger shop. Um, you know, and he'd sell burgers and fries and really fresh milkshakes. And <laughs> people would just come in and talk about their problems. And like then he wouldn't solve them because <laughs> I don't know that he knows how. I like the idea. I like the I like the idea that somebody out there is serving burgers and fries and not fresh milkshakes. Like these are some slightly stale milkshakes. I made them yesterday. They should be fine. Well, I mean, it's the reduced price bin. Like, like you just, you just <laughs> of like, milkshakes. Reach in it's with the a mil- ladle. The milk no, that's no, no. priced to move. You reach in with a ladle and you just pour it into your cup. <laughs> oh this, God, that's it's the, very it's cheap. Disgusting. I do like the idea of like Agent Stern being like behind the the burger bar. It's a bar, and there's like everybody's at the counter and they're talking about it. And they're like, oh, everything's so good. And he just puts a burger down. So just oh. yeah, that's tough. He does the <laughs> and then just walks flip. away. Yeah, that's I like mean, his catchline. Yeah, that's tough. But <laughs> that that does not make a compelling TV show. <laughs> no, it wouldn't get wouldn't get a lot of episodes. It's, it's one good pilot, and then it's over. I could totally see him being very like people coming to him with problems and he's just very incompetent and can't solve anything. <laughs> he's been in Kepler for a year and has no idea what's going on. Maybe. I mean, I like this. I like combining these two or maybe he's a bumbling detective who also runs a burger shop and like keeps getting confused as to whether he's calling a perp or like his hamburger bun guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like every time he picks up the phone, he goes, "I know what you did." He's like, oh, "I don't. I'm, I know there's supposed to be whole wheat, but I'm sorry." <laughs> yeah, and, like he yeah. accidentally gets like discounted burger buns. I'm sorry that they're being delivered late again. Right. He's actually, and it just ends up he's a very shrewd businessman just by mistake. I'd watch this show. <laughs> this is good. I'm very into this. It's like a crossover between. Bob's Burgers and Castle. I haven't watched either of those, so you would love Bob's Burgers. You would hate Castle. Yeah, but if you put them together, and I do think, I do think Nathan Fillion plays Agent Stern. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably pretty important for the show. I'd be, uh, I'd be into it. Well, on that genius idea. We better wrap up because it only gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us again for another episode of We Do That. Back again on our uh, two-week cycle, presuming that... No. Oh, wait. We're not. There's going to be a new episode next week. So we... This This week. week. Uh, We're going to be back real soon. Whenever this goes up, there's going to be another one shortly after that. Um, Don't get used to it, though, because, boy, we don't have the sort of density of funny in our bodies. Uh, <laughs> we uh, are super curious to know what you are thinking about. How are you feeling about this wrap up to Amnesty? It seems like the end is nigh. Uh, are you ready for it to end? Are you hoping we could stay out in this universe a little bit more? Hit us up on Twitter at we do that underscore pod or at we do that pod at gmail.com. We are always listening. 
Well, Jake's always listening. Colin and I uh, lost all the powers passwords to our social media accounts. So <laughs> and the powers uh, <laughs> and the powers to use them. So that's <laughs> tough. Um, but hit us up. Let us know what you think, and we will see you in another week for more exciting amnesty discussions. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye.